the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Nice to have both Bernie Moreno and Hugh Hewitt joining us today here on the Bruce Hooley Show. Catch the podcast, 989theanswer.com. Click on Listen. The podcast tab will take you to those interviews. And both gentlemen, along with Jane Timken, Josh Mandel, J.D. Vance, Mike Gibbons, will be here at Genoa in Westerville, October the 24th. It's a Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m., the American Leadership Forum. It is sponsored by the Center for Christian Virtue and our friend Aaron Bear, and by 9890 Answer. Get your tickets at 9890Answer.com. You can purchase tickets to a VIP event beforehand that will give you access to a dinner and a closer association with the candidates and with Hugh Hewitt. Hugh will question the candidates on stage one-on-one, and we'll have a group discussion with all candidates and Aaron Bear, uh, questioning them about matters that concern you. So it's a great way for you to get to know the candidates, and I'm looking forward to that evening. I'm looking forward to meeting many of you. I uh, appreciate those of you who have left messages on our voicemail at 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. Uh, in particular, uh, one call came in about uh, the story I did earlier this week regarding the confirmation email that a father received from Vineyard Church, the Daddy-Daughter Dance. And Vineyard's email said that it was going to be less princessy than past dances have been because some girls are not comfortable wearing princessy dresses. And as the father of three girls, I can tell you that that is absolutely true. But I can also tell you that it's absolutely true that none of the three would look at an email saying, you know, they can wear a princessy dress or they can wear a tux. None of the three would look at that and not say, that's weird, tux. So I called Vineyard, and I asked them, is this your way of accommodating a transgender approach, a transgender agenda at Vineyard? Because, again, just for the 50th time to clear up my position on transgenderism, do not discriminate against or be hateful toward anyone who is transgender. They are suffering from a mental disconnect between their biological reality and what they believe to be true. It is the same mental disconnect that a person who is anorexic is experiencing. They see themselves as fat, overweight, obese, when in fact they are not. The feelings are real, but they should not be confirmed by gender reassignment surgery or by medication that performs chemical castration. The biblical basis for opposing the transgender agenda is that if you are a Christian, you believe in a sovereign God who has authority over all things and is by definition infallible. An infallible God 
does not make mistakes in creating someone as a male or as a female. To believe in that kind of God is foolish. God does not make mistakes. If you are born a man, you are intended and are a man. Okay, so that's my issue with the transgender agenda, and that would be my issue with any church that accommodates the transgender agenda as if there is an issue, as if rather there is no issue with a boy or girl who is under the mistaken notion that they were created the wrong gender. So I reached out to Vineyard, and I did the day after, sharing you, sharing with you my opinion on that, receive a call from a pastor. Her name was Adrian, who said, oh, no, 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 we just want to accommodate everybody. Tux was not meant as an accommodation of transgenderism. You can believe what you want to believe about this. It is, to me, at best, a very poor choice of words. And at most, a way to avoid being outed for an agenda you may, in fact, accommodate but not want to own. Uh, That was the viewpoint of the person who called me. It's an anecdotal response. It's one person's opinion, but they did used to attend Vineyard and said that it became very, 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 very different at Vineyard after 2008. What happened in 2008? I don't know. I have a guess. I know who got elected president in 2008. So I also know that Rich Nathan, who started Vineyard, is now on the Columbus Police Review Oversight Board, and I know that his Twitter uh, certainly includes some very questionable things on it. Now, the Joe Biden vaccine mandate is being opposed, thankfully, by Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost and by 23 other attorneys general around the nation. Yost and his colleagues sent a letter to Joe Biden today warning that they will pursue litigation to prevent the implementation of Biden's proposed mandate on private sector employers. Private sector. You must get a COVID-19 shot if you employ 100 people or more, or those people must be fired. Or they must, yes, I know, yes. Oh, the Left-wingers are all, no, 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 there's also the chance that you can be tested every week. Well, are the vaccinated people going to be tested every week? Because it is indisputable, even from the wokest of the woke, that you can be vaccinated and get COVID. No one disputes that. (laughs) Which calls into question what good the vaccines are. It does seem interesting that those who are most adamant about people wearing masks are those who are presumably already protected by being vaccinated. That those who are not the least bit worried about someone else not wearing a mask are people like myself who are not vaccinated. And I am not vaccinated because I've had COVID and I've recovered from COVID and I am putting my faith in the divinely designed body that God created me with that produces natural immunity. When you get a virus, conquer the virus and recover. But if you are obese, if you are immunocompromised, if you are elderly, there are many reasons why you should get vaccinated. It just so happens that none of those apply to me. And yes, part of my determination not to get vaccinated now 
is impacted by the anecdotal stories I hear and those I know who have been vaccinated and who have suffered side effects, everything from sore arms to dying in close proximity to their time of vaccination. I'm not saying that it's directly linked. I'm saying it's coincidentally linked, and that has a powerful impact on me and my decision-making. And there is no way, no chance, zero that I would allow my children to be vaccinated at a time when there are reports from studies that young men are six times more likely to develop myocarditis than they are to die from COVID. Zero chance that I would allow my children to be vaccinated unless it is expressly against my will and every effort I have to protect them from that. Now, Donald Trump, of course, is gloating about Anthony Gonzalez's withdrawal from the primary where he will run or would have run against Max Miller. Max Miller is Donald Trump's preferred candidate. He has endorsed him. He brought him up on stage with him when he was in Northeast Ohio earlier this summer. Trump, of course, is very anti-Anthony Gonzalez because Gonzo is one of 10 Republican congressmen who joined with the Democrats who I would acknowledge were in error by impeaching Trump after he was already out of office. It's stupid. There's no point in it. Anthony Gonzalez has borne an extreme cost for that. His political career has been interrupted. I'm not at all of the mind that it is over. I just hope it does not drive him to the Democratic Party. Gonzo's quote, politically, the environment is so toxic, especially in our own party right now. You can fight your butt off and win this thing, but are you really going to be happy? The answer is probably not. I would have preferred Gonzo let the voters decide on this. Certainly Max Miller will get a lot of support. I don't think it's a slam dunk that Gonzo would not have won against Max Miller. Max Miller is happy not to have the competition. He says this is no loss for Ohio or our country, and most importantly, we have a great candidate who was substantially leading Gonzalez in the poll. No, that's actually Trump's quote. I'm very sorry. Trump's quote, this is no loss for Ohio or our country. And most importantly, we have a great candidate who was substantially leading Gonzalez in the polls, Max Miller, who I have given my complete and total endorsement. Yeah, it's a shocker that the the candidate I endorsed is the greatest candidate of all time. Yes, shocker, I know, President Trump. Look, I support Trump. And his policies, I don't support the petulance of his uh, positions uh, in barking back at every dog that barks at him when he's two blocks past the dog. And this is a loss for the Republican Party if Anthony Gonzalez leaves the party. I just, I'm terrified by the very idea that he could adopt Democratic positions and become an ally or a successor to Sherrod Brown. Anthony Gonzalez was the guy that I thought could get rid of Sherrod Brown. Now I'm not so sure that that's possible. But I would hope, I would hope that comparatively, all those of you, and I heard from many of you, and I don't, I, look, I I respect your ability to have a different, your your right to have a different opinion than I do. It's, I get it. I hear from many people about, look, I voted for Anthony Gonzalez to represent me. I'm a Trump guy. He didn't represent me, so I'm done with him. I, that's fine. That's fine. But 
if you are so mad at Anthony Gonzalez that you would not support him in a head-to-head Senate race against Sherrod Brown down the road. I mean, come on, man. Like, let your anger ebb away. Take a walk. Bask in the sunlight. You cannot stay mad at Anthony Gonzalez forever. We cannot make the 2024 election about the 2020 election. Okay? That's why I say, yes, I disagree with Anthony Gonzalez on the whole impeachment thing. But by and large, his usefulness to the party and his commitment to the party is such that one decision that he made, a principled decision, though you may disagree with it, though I do disagree with it, a principled decision, isn't that what we want in our legislators? Don't we want them to have the courage of their conviction? Do you want just little robots? We could probably build one who could go to Washington, D.C. and vote the way you want them to every single time. I think that Anthony Gonzalez has great use to the future of conservatism. That's why I would hate to see it if this decision by him to withdraw from the race ends his political career or worse, forces him to join the enemy. So we talked a lot this week about mask mandates, the need to wear masks, uh, commiserating with a friend last night. He was telling me that he was in, uh, and again, I try to, I'm not specific on some things here because what I would never want to do is to bring down difficulty or duress on a person who takes a principled position or someone who does not share the preferred panic over the current state of events in our world. So a friend of mine and I were talking last night about his experience at an ethnic grocery in the city of Columbus. Now, Mayor Andrew Ginther has signed a mask mandate that if you're indoors, you must wear said mask everywhere. Indoors. Uh, So my friend goes into this uh, grocery uh, that is of, shall we say, the Middle Eastern persuasion. And he said he thought that everybody in there would have a mask on. No one had a mask on. It's a family business. The six or so family members who were working did not have masks, and none of the patrons inside had masks, nor did he. And he made an interesting observation, and I think he's dead on the money. He said, when you grow up in a country where you know nothing but civil war, persecution, unrest, and death is a daily possibility, your perspective on a virus with a 99.9% survival rate is probably different than the perspective of those who've never known anything but the prosperity and safety of growing up in the United States of America. I think that's so incredibly true and such an incredibly smart observation on his part. We have misnamed, mislabeled, and wrongly elevated acts to positions of platitude. Simone Biles at the Olympics, that's bravery. Naomi Osaka, 
not being able to do a press conference, that's heroic. We are so incredibly soft here because our viewpoint toward true adversity is skewed by the comfort in which we have luxuriated most of our lives. This week I also spent time playing the comments of a pastor from Covenant Presbyterian Church. He appeared at an Upper Arlington School Board meeting. Uh, I will post the link on the Facebook page, the Bruce Woolley Show Facebook page. I happened upon his comments because I was looking for comments made by a medical professional talking about masks. Comments many of you have called and left messages for us at 844-TALK-989, affirming the physician's comments and saying you want access to them so you can hear them again. I will put them on the Facebook page, The Bruce Hooley Show. But this pastor talked about um, a lot of things in his address extolling the Arlington Board's efforts to remove the gender designation from bathrooms, and he talked about their diversity, equity, inclusion benefits, and how much of a supporter he was of that. And he said at the end of his address that, uh, I know that a lot of you don't share the same faith that I do, and I actually prefer growing up in a country where that is the case, which I said at the time is a depressing loss of focus on his part. As a pastor, he's supposed to be focused on a faith that he believes transforms lives here and in eternity, and that he is supposed to want that and be committed to having everyone adopt that. That is my passion in life. That is why I do this talk show. It's not to talk about the border, and it's not to talk about Afghanistan, and it's not about to tell, it's not to tell you who to vote for. I may do all that through the prism of my faith in Jesus Christ. That is where my hope is. That is where my certainty is. It's not a hope, it's a certainty. I know that. My future is decided. I don't know what my future is here. And it saddens me greatly when I hear pastors like that, Covenant Presbyterian pastor, when I see people like Tim Aarons at First Congregational Church, and they're getting involved in a bunch of stuff that may have noble intentions, but is in fact a failure of themselves individually and of their collective work to save men's souls. They are the epitome of churches that John talks about through the vision he was given in Revelation, churches that have become lukewarm. And Jesus says, I will spit you out of my mouth. Be hot, be cold. Don't be lukewarm. Aaron Bear, Center for Christian Virtue, received a tweet today where a popular criticism of Christians was aimed at Aaron, and he answered it eloquently. Public education partners said, more divisive rhetoric from the leader of Citizens for Community Values, which had to change its name to Center for Christian Virtue after the Southern Poverty Law Center identified it as a hate group. Aaron's response, more changing the topic that your organization wants to teach Marxism in public schools, regardless of how parents feel about it. This is a popular criticism against Christians. Oh, how can you spew hate on Twitter? How can you be against critical race theory? How can you be against transgenderism, against homosexuality, against all the things that you campaign against? That's not very Christian. You're not very inclusive. You're not very nice. 
Well, is it nice to let people persist in their sin and in their lost nature and experience condemnation eternally? Or is it truly nice and truly loving to try to share with them the great joy and the peace that you have? from living an obedient life out of gratitude for what Jesus did for you at the cross. You know, Paul tells us in Ephesians 6.10 to stand firm. He doesn't just say stand. He doesn't say lean. He doesn't say, you know, just casually stand there, and if the winds of cultural change come along, they might blow you over. No, he says stand firm, rooted in. What roots you in? The certainty that you know you're standing for and on the truth of the gospel of Christ, whose great commission was go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them, teaching them to obey my commandments. That is our hope. Never lose sight of it. It intersects with politics and culture and everything else. But that is why we do what we do. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.